Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. A uh, nice little, nice little holiday break you and I took. Yep, uh, I forgot what the name of the podcast was. I remembered <laughs> your name. I remembered most of my name. I don't even uh, know. Yeah. I don't even know what sport we cover. Well, right, right now we there's no <laughs> sport. So, I mean, there is sort of some news, but uh, we're in like the same spot we were you know last time we recorded so yay so we'll catch up on sort of the the no news is at least some news we have dodgers rewind we have five questions from our friend craig all of that after this another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Eric. Let me be blunt. Is there a labor crisis in baseball today? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about this. Um, it's more of a, a labor annoyance right now. Okay. Uh, I would, would say, you say it yes, depends uh, on how you define crisis? Sure. It's a it's a crisisunity. Yeah. <laughs> to to quote uh, Homer Simpson. Um but yeah, so we last recorded uh before Christmas <laughs> back in 2021 a year ago. Uh no, it was it was 37 days ago. That seems like a long time because it is uh just over 5 weeks. However, that's not as long as it took for Major League Baseball, the owner side, uh, in between their offers to the players. So they last met on December 1st. It was like an in-person thing in Dallas, last-ditch sort of effort, and it, it wasn't very productive. Uh, the owners made an offer there. Uh, players also, I believe, um, had something on the table. Uh, and then the CBA expired that night. 
MLB was locked out. You might remember Commissioner Rob Manfred in a statement um, called it a defensive lockout that was very necessary. And his quote, one of his quotes in the long meandering letter uh, to the fans was, we hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations and get us to an agreement that will allow the season to start on time. And those negotiations were so jump-started that it took 43 <laughs> days for Major League Baseball to make its next offer. Um, and, like, not much. They made an offer on the 13th of January. This That was a week ago. We're recording this on the 20th. Um, it, it wasn't – it's just – there's a – I don't – I'm not going to go into details because, like, there's going to be more stuff, I'm sure, next week. But there's it, just not a lot there. It, it's both – Hmm, how do I put this? Uh, they're far apart on a lot of stuff, but at the same time, it's it's the framework of a lot of the things are still there. Like there's still going to be a luxury tax. There's still going to be, um, you know, the minimum is going to go up by a certain amount. It's it's just a lot of these. It's literally they're just going to have to figure out like the amounts. Like they don't seem structurally that far off. There is some stuff like one of the things about the owners, I guess, proposal in December. Was they they told they straight up told the players per like multiple reports like Evan Drellich, um, or Evan Drellich, excuse me, and Jeff Passan, others have reported that um, the owners said like they wouldn't even consider uh, anything from the players that included like a reduction of time till free agency or a reduction of time to ar- arbitration or a change in revenue sharing. And it's like, those are big things. And like, those are part of, those should be part of negotiations. And so it's not serious at this point, which is why um, it's frustrating. Um, so Evadralic, the aforementioned uh, at The Athletic on Thursday, he sort of characterized it in a column. He's, he's been really good at, in terms of both breaking um, and interpreting and presenting news uh, on the labor front. Um, he's excellent. You should follow him. Um, his column basically said the owners are trying to test the players' resolve. They're being stubborn little ninnies. He didn't write that. I'm I'm using that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're still they're still far far apart. We're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, further reports today. Uh, it's it's actually good because we were going to record earlier in the week. And, uh, some stuff like minor stuff has happened, but it's informed our podcast a little more. So uh, today we just learned that uh, multiple reports. Uh, the players uh, plan to meet this time in person next Monday. Uh, you know, the, the, the committees, the, the, the group that does the negotiating, they're going to meet next Monday. So there's going to be a counter from the players. But that's like that's actual like real negotiations. So maybe they can get started. But it's all frustrating because you know, I, we all expected it to take a while. We're getting to the point where um, pitchers and catchers in a normal spring – would report around mid-February. I think February 16th, I think, is the earliest date teams could have asked for pitchers and catchers. I haven't seen dates reported, although mostly because teams aren't bothering to, like, even release that because, right. you know, what's the point? But, um, like, every, I think everyone sort of accepted there's going to be a shorter spring in, in some capacity. Now, so the closer we get to that, then it starts to get more real. But even then, you're not missing real games. There is there is a cost of missing a lot of the um, some of the spring revenue in terms of like teams' relationships with cities. Think of how many ties we're going to miss because of this area. I This is the real tragedy here. This is what we're getting at. We need to do a podcast just on the ties that that uh, that the real casualties of the uh, labor negotiations. So 
Yeah, so it's just like it, it, it's going to take like until they get closer to that, and like and really until it's like closer to March when they're like, we really have to get stuff done, and then they, then it starts to get more serious, and you just hope that um, things will happen um, before that, um, you know, to sort of. Uh, grease the skids a little bit. Now, looking back on, on our last episode, which again, 37 days ago, um, we made a bet. Uh, Craig asked us... Shorter than it took for an offer to Yes, exactly. That's pretty good. When, when will the 2022 regular season start? I said April 1st, in my infinite wisdom, thinking that was opening day. and But in fact, it's March 31st. So I've given myself wiggle room like a pro. <laughs> um, but you said June 1st. I still think I'm going to win this. So uh, we, we've decided that May 1st is the cutoff, right? If it's May 1st, it's a push? Yeah. Uh, no, technically, you're, you're I, I May win 1st? Okay. Because, because May is 31 days. Got it. And, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that, so I could just say that was my real real reason. So for what, what happens first, if it so. starts, like, say, May 2nd in Japan, but May 1st here? That's a push? Can we Ooh. say that? Oh, like, <laughs> like not, only, not only does the season start May 1st, but they add a Japan series. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, um, you know what? I will give you that one. All if, right. it, if it starts May 2nd in Japan, it's yours. All right. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of the, the backdrop of all this. So there's not there's not like, you know, 40-man type player news, anything like that, anything on the labor front. It's going to start May 2nd in at. Korea. You realize that, right? <laughs> and you're going to yeah. claim it. <laughs> yep, and, then, and it's going to be like, or like, it's going to be, Oh, baseball's first regular se- regular season game in Germany, and I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, you sucker, <laughs> you di- you didn't lay it out." Um, but yeah, no, any yeah, so yeah, that's where we're at. But there was some like, you know, I think a reasonable amount of news, like just relatively, like the, as much of that type of stuff as you can get with no player stuff. But uh, some of the the people who are like responsible uh, for sort of aligning. Uh, acquiring, uh, managing uh, these players uh, that the Dodgers will eventually get and or sign and or trade, uh, that that aspect is sort of changed a little bit or just a little bit uh, more clarified. So Brandon Gomes, uh, he's been the assistant GM the last um, three years. Uh, he's been in the organization in the Baseball ops in some capacity the last five years. He was promoted to general manager. It was a position the Dodgers hadn't technically filled since Farhan Zaidi left. So the last three seasons, they didn't have a GM. But they still have like a, a pretty robust front office. You know, like Andrew Friedman's still the top dog president of baseball operations. But um, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of people. Uh, they describe it, I think accurately so, as a very collaborative um group and like it's still going to be a lot of the same people with some new ones also but uh gomes just has a little more responsibility now so like um i'll talk about that in a second but just to backstory on gomes he he was pitching um in the majors in 2015 uh, with the rays all five of his major league seasons were with the rays uh friedman acquired him in tampa bay in, in the winter meetings in 2010 or maybe just after it that december um gomes is only 37 now uh, he is uh, four months older than Justin Turner, so I guess they could they could he could actually sign Pujols, and then just to have someone older than him on the roster. But as of now, uh, he is still older than everyone. So um, the Mets uh, were rumored to be interested in in Gomes during their like you know 
running through the Rolodex of everyone trying to look for a GM. Uh, that probably helped a little bit. Uh, Andrew Friedman said today, today was the press conference uh, introducing Gomes as, as GM. Uh, Friedman said over the last five years, because when he first joined the Dodgers, uh, it was as pitching coordinator. So I, there's some major league stuff in there. Or uh, Actually, I believe it was uh, possibly direct, no, director of pitcher performance, I believe was his title. So just sort of working with the entire like pitching R&D group and working with players, um, things like that. He was actually uh, team, a team uh, asked to interview uh, Gomes to be a major league pitching coach. Over the last few years, uh, a couple teams asked for permission to interview him for assistant general manager uh, and also as general manager. He didn't say which teams. I'm assuming the Mets were one of those. Uh, and and Gomes uh, or the Dodgers in some cases or the Dodgers usually don't if it was a promotion. But Gomes stayed here the whole time. And I think part of it was uh, that he got this raise. I'm sure that helped. Um, so. Uh, th- now the structure is still, like I said, pretty robust. They, they still have, so like, um, yeah, Friedman at the top, president of baseball operations, uh, Josh Burns, a former GM himself is a senior vice president. He does more of the, uh, player development, um, side. So maybe he's, he's probably working a little more with minor leaguers, but it's all like under the same umbrella. Uh, they also have another assistant GM, Jeff Kingston, who's been here for a few years, um, uh, they also promoted Alex Slater. He was director of baseball ops. It's this is just like a, a title thing. So he's assistant GM as well now. Um, Slater, I believe, uh, was one the person who originally in the group discussion, if you will, said, "Hey, uh, what if we use an opener in Game Five of the NLDS?" And like every like Roberts, everyone sort of was like, "Hmm, what about?" And then they sort of talked it out. Uh, so yeah, so love him or hate him for that, uh, but that yeah, it's not like he's just certainly done other things. But he's now an assistant GM. The Dodgers also hired someone from the outside, Damon Jones. Uh, he he was with the Nats for 13 years uh, through 2019. The last two years he's been with uh, the Washington Football Team in the NFL. Uh, he is assistant general manager, but also a um, uh, baseball legal counsel. So he's he just has a pretty um, extensive background in that um probably will come in handy the uh friedman said today um uh jones uh when he was with uh wft um lock the gates um so he said what did he say oh uh in the uh, two years ago um jones helped uh, the dodgers as like a consultant on an arbitration case he didn't say which case that year, they only went to two hearings. They did have other a few other people. Uh, they ended up extending Max Muncy before a hearing, and they signed Chris Taylor before a hearing. So there could have been like a, a quartet. Those two or Jock Peterson uh, with, the, with the Dodgers won that case or Pedro Baez, the Dodgers lost that case. So he didn't say which person. I'm a was, little bummed like, that this wasn't the trivia question because I, yeah, would, no, I, no. Rem- I remembered it. I remember the two arbitration cases. Yeah, uh, I, I sort of I, – I loved that – you know what? I'll give you that as a win. That's a trivia I, win. I knew it was Jock, and I Pedro would have been a guess, but I would have that would, it was my first guess. So, and my favorite part about the Chris Taylor contract, uh, this was you know this is now two Chris Taylor contracts ago. Um, he signed his for his last two years of arbitration, and he uh, earned five point six million in two thousand twenty, and then seven point eight million in two thousand twenty one, and the lead 
um, for the Associated Press story on this. I don't. I'm not. I'm going to butcher it, but it, it essentially was um, like the Dodgers and Chris Taylor um, uh, stayed in step. Uh, you know, with their you know most recent deal. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, and I was like, "Oh yes, this is the this is the perfect, this is the greatest story I've ever read." And so I was enamored. So yeah, uh, so back to the sort of you know the role I, I would we were this came up earlier in the week. I guess it was when Gomes they announced the hiring on Tuesday. Um, back when Farhan Zaidi was hired, it's it's crazy how things have evolved in a few years. But literally, like a lot of the talk, there was like a meeting in the Dodgers offices. It wasn't a press conference. It was just like in a conference room. There's a bunch of reporters. I was there. And so much of the tone and some of the literal questions were, yeah, but let's say another team calls. Who's answering the phone? You guys have all these GMs. Like, what are you doing? Like, who's in charge? You know, like it was just people couldn't wrap their heads around like this concept of having multiple people like doing things and uh it was very bizarre uh and that's uh so it was just very weird so it's it's very collaborative right like i said this is um friedman today on what gomes's role will be uh now that he's gm instead of agm uh friedman says uh i think it's just a partnership uh things will change throughout the months and the years and things will ebb and flow i just i think just through communication we'll figure out what makes the most sense at any given time Obviously, he will touch all aspects of the baseball operations department and will kind of figure out how to divide and conquer. So I think a lot of that, you're involved in so many things. Um, Sometimes it might be um, contract negotiations. Sometimes it might be like uh, maybe maybe for a couple weeks, uh, you know, Gomes is the point man in terms of making sure the right people get called up. and sent down or, you know, roster management, things like that. Or um, I'm certain there's there's more and more things. So, like, who knows? Uh, but it, it's – I think it's going to be a lot of what Gomes was already doing, but maybe just more of it and maybe just a little uh, casting a wider net. Um, an interesting thing about Gomes – this is stretching the definition of interesting, but um, <laughs> he, he has the highest on-base percentage in the ma- Major League on-base percentage of any Dodgers GM in history. Uh, it's 500. Uh, he walked once in his two plate appearances. He also has the lowest ERA, uh, uh, career ERA of 420 in 167 innings. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, uh, who was briefly GM uh, during the tumultuous 1998 season, uh, 648 career ERA. Dave Wallace, uh, also uh, during that tumultuous period, 784 uh, Major League ERA. So, Brandon Gomes, the basically the Shohei Otani of GMs, uh, and he's, yeah, it's that that's what we have. So, uh, yeah, Do you, any thoughts on on Gomes here? Uh, I I remember I asked you, man, at some point, like, are the Dodgers ever going to hire a GM? And you were dismissive of the fact. Uh, so I'm happy. I don't know. There might have been a time frame in there. You might have, you know, that might have been like last off season. I was wondering if they were ever going to do this. Uh, we so, have to probably go back. I, I don't know if we ever classified it as a bet, but I'm sure. No, it was I'm sure. Like, we, yeah, we did it. I'm just like, uh, no, I just always remember thinking that. like, oh, this is a thing they'll get the for sure they'll do next off season. And they just like, it does eh, seem, it, eh. it, it did seem weird. After, I think, I think initially I thought like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll get a GM like, you know, it kind of makes sense. But, that, like if it's already a collaborative process and instead you're just viewing it as kind of like 
like a tool in your back pocket to keep somebody you really want to keep yeah. or to prize someone you really want to prize. So, yeah. you know, the fact that they this they thought Gomes was worthy of this, uh, hopefully we'll have him on the show, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, who doesn't uh, come on the show? So That's true. Um, so the other sort of newsy type thing and uh, is that it's prospect season. Uh, we started our own like community rankings uh, we, uh, a little over a week and a half ago. We asked the uh, readers at True Blue LA to submit their top three prospects. And then from that, we sort of did a rank. Uh, vote and uh, there was a there were twelve different names listed, so we're going to profile each one. David Hood is actually writing the profiles, though we put a few up already, so those those will fun those will be fun. We're going to re- reveal those over the now, people we actually might have two, on the show. Yeah. We do have to have David on the on again. Yeah, no well, question. Maybe when, I think, this, uh, maybe when all the profiles are out. Yeah, I think in March because he's also going to put his own rankings mm, out at that, some point. That's a um, good timing. So yeah, it's perfect. And I thought there's a lot be of the usual. We'll get an idea who they are because also the national um, publications are starting to put out their prospect list, mm-hmm. both team-specific and league-wide. Uh, Baseball America put their top 100 list out Wednesday. Baseball Prospectus did their top 101 on Thursday. Um, there's three people that are listed in both. Uh, like The Dodgers actually had five people in the BA list and four in the BP list. But um, Diego, Diego Cartaya, Venezuelan catcher who just turned 20, uh, he is uh, listed in both. He was the highest ranked in Baseball America. Uh, Miguel Vargas, third baseman, who is uh, – he he was 21 last year. Uh, excellent hitter. Um, he was the highest on BP. He's in both. And then also Bobby Miller, their pitcher, who they drafted in the first round out of Louisville in 2020. He's listed on all uh, – on both lists so far. There will be more, you know, rankings – Coming out, I believe the baseball prospectus team list will be out Friday by the time you listen to this. So uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have an idea. Um, also, the international signing period uh, started on January fifteenth. So far, the Dodgers have signed thirty-two players. Uh, you know the deal. It, it's such a gross system. Like you got a lot. Of, not everyone's sixteen, but you have to be sixteen. But so, a lot of these deals are signed well in advance. So you're liter- It's literally like predatory. <laughs> Um, uh, so the Dodgers, uh, had among like, this is one of the things, speaking of CBA stuff, um, the draft is, uh, is, well, hard cap is a strong word. There's, there's immense penalties, but, uh, the international spending is really a hard cap. And then like different teams, uh, have lower amounts. The Dodgers actually have the lowest bonus pool. Uh, it was about 4.6 million. They, it would have been about 5.1, but they, uh, had to reduce it by 500000 for signing Trevor Bauer. So mm. uh, just another notch in the belt for that signing. Um, so uh, the notable players, the Dodgers signed at least the players who were ranked. Uh, there's an outfielder from the Dominican Republic, Samuel Munoz. He was ranked number seven by MLB Pipeline. He was also in the BA Top 50, I think in the 40s, I want to say. Oh, I believe that was ranked by potential highest bonus. Didn't see an actual bonus figure for him. But then a Venezuelan right-handed pitcher, uh, Asimius Morales, he was ranked 37 by MLB Pipeline. But yeah, check back in five years. We'll see how some of these are because a lot of these guys are super young. Um, my trivia for you is prospect-related, and I'm going to ask you to name every single prospect. No, All right. Um, yeah, so uh, the Dodgers, they have five prospect prospects on the preseason B- Baseball America Top 100. True. Dating back, dating back. You got it. Yeah. Back to, 
We, you're, you're supposed to wait till we go to break. Oh, no, sorry. Um, dating back to at least 2010, this is how, as long as I've been tracking it. I could have gone back further. I didn't. But I, I'm pretty sure all time, um, I don't think they've, they've had a higher number. Uh, actually, maybe they, they might have. But let, let's just say for in, since 2010. What's the highest number of prospects the Dodgers had in the preseason top 100 in one year? Bonus, how many of those prospects can you name if you think you have the year right? Uh, yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a shot after this. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. All right. How many, what's the most prospects the Dodgers have had in a single year on the Baseball America list? That, that, that what I'm ask, answering here? Yeah, since 2010. Uh, no, I'm going to do all time, and I'm going to say nine. <laughs> you know what? I'm giving you that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is full cheating uh, during the break. Eric and I uh, browsed uh, the list because I was pretty sure. As, as soon as you said, I think all time, I'm like, ah, that's uh, after I, I the sort of the... About, I, I brain farted about the... Um, the Jacksonville the, the, 5 yeah, exactly, uh, kind of exactly. era uh, where I remembered them having a lot and they had nine in that. So, But to answer your question, since to, uh, I'm going to actually confess to cheating again because I think you tweeted this answer and I saw that tweet. Uh, which was seven, I think, twice, two different times. Maybe, but let's. Uh, what do you think? Unless you I, start naming I, names. Oh, I scanned the list and then uh, didn't recall exactly. Uh, I, Corey Seager okay, I was on one of them lists. Uh, good. So I'll give you. Oh, in fact, it is seven. You were right, and it was two different years. I'll give you the years just to see how many prospects you can name. <sighs> 2016 and 2020. Uh, Seager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bellinger. Yep. Uh, that's Bellinger it. Bellinger was Bellinger was fifth in uh, 2016 on uh, among Dodgers on this list. Uh, Jock Peterson. Not 2016. Well, he I'm, was, go- I'm was, going either year. Is he not, no? So, well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was he was twice on the top 100, including as high as number eight in 15. Got it. Got it. Oh man, I was probably just looking at the like every prospect and not yeah. noting what year. I'm a bad cheater, Eric. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, man, uh, Urias. 
Yep. Uh, Seeger and Yuri, Seeger was one. Yuris was four in 2016. It was it was stacked. Um, where 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 are we? That's too long ago, Eric. I was I was a young lad. I was still in high school, I think. You you want to give 2020 a shot? You might have a pretty good number, pretty good thing there. Yeah, if I wasn't completely exhausted. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a hint. One. One of them is is a current Dodger who's ranked. Uh, a current Dodger who's ranked. Uh, yeah. let me just scan that list real quick. Um, uh, while while I do that, uh, Will Smith. Uh, nope. He didn't. Uh, he he made it in 2019 as number 95. Cheating, cheating again. Uh, uh, was Bush the one that was no, no, nope, he was Vargas. Um, nope, man, man, I'm I'm a tired man, apparently. Uh, no, I'm gonna tap out, I'm I'm done yelling names at my screen. Okay, I'm just gonna name some of the okay, I'll just name the ones you missed 2016. Uh, Jose de Leon, yep. And then the Baseball America sort of cheatery way, they're just very technical. Kenta Maeda, um, uh, Grant Holmes. That that was um, a name I had in my back pocket, and I just didn't didn't throw it out there. My bad. Uh, and then Alex Verdugo sure. uh, in 2016, uh, 2020. Gavin Lux was number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening day starter Dustin May was number twenty. Yep. Uh, Bruce Gratterall, sixty. Yep. Gabriel Ruiz was eighty one. This is Cabo Ruiz's fifth year in the top 100. Um, he's, uh, I think, 19 with the Nationals now. Um, so he's he's been around a while. Um, Tony Gonsolin, 82. Josiah Gray, 84. Diego Cartaya is the one who is ranked this year. Oh, wow. He was 97. Yeah. Oh, I, I, he, I had him as one. Well. I had 2020 is a <laughs> – I almost joked about this when you noted yeah. that um, uh, Farhan left, Farhan Zaidi left three years ago and i'm like that is a lie right this has it, been like, one long year <laughs> yeah 2020 seems no it, I, it's so really close fu- but also so long ago. when you've like, listed all these yeah. names i'm like i was like the yeah. mookie betts trade had happened the, the right. <laughs> dusted may was still a process like none of that made any sense to me so mookie, mookie betts uh <sighs> is like a veteran dodger veteran now he's, yeah no and like as guy. soon as i started to think of what 2020 existed as i'm like man i've got a better shot than 2016 names just because I can't yeah. can't do 2020, Eric. I can't. Yeah. Yep. Because we're in 2020 part three right now. Yep. We are in. Uh, yeah. What 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 is this? Uh, I forgot the date. It's like where it's like uh, March 667 today or whatever the day is. Like 2020. You want to take date? a stab at the nine names uh, in 2006? There's oh, some God. there's some good ones here. You already you already looked at the list. You know some of them. I- I only I only saw a couple because it wasn't loading. Yeah. Uh, but so the ones I saw were Joel Guzman, uh, Andy LaRoche, and Chad Billingsley. Yeah, uh, Joel Guzman at twenty six, Andy LaRoche at nineteen. Chad Billingsley j- one ahead of <laughs> Justin Verlander. Billingsley at seven, <laughs> Verlander Look, at eight. <laughs> who's to say? Um, <laughs> Matt Kane at ten. Yeah. So oh six, they they hadn't drafted Kershaw yet. Um, so we still have uh, James Loney. Uh, at that point, Matt Kemp had established himself, at least as a prospect. Um, uh, yep. They had just 
They traded for Andre Ethier, so I, I think he might have made it. Um, man, this is I I oh Jonathan Broxton. Yep. So uh, I'll I'll uh, Ethier did make it. I had both the Ethier trade and the Mookie trade as being would have come out after this list came out. Uh, yeah. And I was obviously wrong in both cases. Matt Kemp in 96, under Ethier at 89. Jonathan Broxton at 63. So you were missing a pitcher, a catcher, and an infielder. Oh, oh, so... Uh, oh. The pitcher's 55. Wait, I thought I have seven. I, I was, uh, Russell Martin is one, right? Yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, isn't that 42. eight? Uh, I have... Billingsley, LaRoche, Guzman, Martin, Broxton, and uh, Ethier Kemp. Uh, I thought I said another one. Um, okay. Uh, I I am kind of... Uh, let's see. 2006, though. Um, Lefty Greg pitcher. Miller? Not Greg Miller? Nope. Albert? There you go. And... Uh, uh, Possibly not really related to the number one prospect in all of baseball this year. Uh, what? Oh, Bl- Blake DeWitt. Blake DeWitt. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. memories. That's funny. All right. Uh, that, that, was, that was a good one. I except I was shocked at the names you started listing when I had twenty twenty in my head. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dodgers rewind. You got one. You got one. You got one. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. I, I don't want to turn this into the let's remember the guy who just died. But this this person was so fine. So interesting. And sometimes like it's also like it's literally like um, learning something new about someone you may mm-hmm. not have heard of before. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 honoring them in a way. I just feel bad for possibly not doing it earlier. I just didn't know about him. So I'm sad that this is how I found out. But uh, Eddie Basinski uh, um, played for the Dodgers during World War II. He played 147 games for them uh, over a two-year span, uh, 1944 and 45. Um, he died on January 8th in Oregon. He was aged 99. He was listed in one of the obits as the second oldest living major leaguer at the time. Uh there's only one person older than him with the most perfect name possible for this george elder (laughs) uh he's he's 100 years old a former browns outfielder uh this is uh from samantha swindler's obituary in the oregonian uh quote one of his favorite stories was about his start in the major leagues rheumatic fever at the age of four left bazinski colorblind and was the reason he wasn't drafted during world war ii Instead, he worked for a mechanical engineering company while also playing in three uh, in three different AAA teams around Buffalo, New York, where he grew up. Uh, during an all-star game among the AAA teams, a Dodger scout invited him to join batting practice at Ebbets Field. Bozinski would show up to practice with the team, then change into his street clothes and watch the game from the stands. <laughs> now, eventually, again, World War II, rosters depleted, a lot of players off to war um, or, you know, or at least in the service. Um he, they, they said, you know what? We're giving this guy a shot, and they gave him a five thousand dollar bonus, which was pretty good for the time. Uh, he hit uh, two fifty seven, three ten, three twenty four uh, in thirty nine games in nineteen forty four. He was only twenty one. Uh, he played mostly second base that year. Came back the next year, played one hundred eight games. Played a lot of shortstop. Pee Wee Reese was still uh, in the Navy uh, for three years. He was in the Navy. Um, 
And when Pee Wee Reese came back in 1946, uh, Bazinski went to the minors. He played the entire year in AA in St. Paul. Uh, the Dodgers traded him that December in 1946 for a 30-year-old pitcher named Al Gearhauser. He actually did not pitch for Brooklyn. I believe he played one more major league season after that. Um, Bazinski played briefly for the Pirates in 1947. That was his last major league season, but... Uh, as was perhaps the, still the fashion at the time, the minors weren't as structured, at least tethered to the majors as they are now. He played his next 10 years in in the with the Portland Beavers in AAA um, in the Pacific Coast League. He actually was elected to the Pacific Coast League Hall of Fame in 2006. Um, he grew up in Buffalo, like was mentioned before. He was childhood f- friends with Warren Spahn. Um, also, my favorite fact about Bazinski, I think, uh, he was a concert violinist who played the symphony orchestra at the University of Buffalo. Uh, and because of this, of course, players uh, and managers alike called him the Fiddler. Because baseball nicknames were a thing back then. Um, this is from Richard Goldstein's New York Times obituary. Soon after his arrival at Ebbets Field, Bazinski was in the Dodger clubhouse in uniform playing Strauss waltzes when manager Leo DeRocher who was evidently skeptical about reports that Bazinski was a professional violinist, walked in. Quote, he stopped and looked at me and said, well, I'll be a son of a bitch, Bazinski said in a 2011 interview with the Times. Quote, while he was shaving, I was right next to him and giving it to him with my violin, Bazinski said. Uh, I love it. Um, this is from his uh, Sabre bio. Uh, he who, he wore glasses. Um so this is one of the things he said, inside, I had the same competitive fire that Michael Jordan, Lou Gehrig, and Joe DiMaggio had. Uh, he once told an interviewer, I just didn't look the part and people didn't like it. Another <laughs> quote from him, I, I don't look like a big, strong guy, but I was an Iron Man with Portland. My looks were always against my ability. I looked like a damn doctor or a preacher and the glasses <laughs> didn't help, but man, I had the fire and I wanted to be a perfectionist. So kudos to you, Eddie Bazinski, for uh, making your name in the majors and being a very cool story. Uh, I do have uh, some Eddie Bazinski trivia for you because I'm sure uh, you know all about him. Yep. Uh, so he hit 13 doubles and five triples in his two seasons with the Dodgers, but zero home runs. His 482 plate appearances with Brooklyn is the seventh most in franchise history in the live ball era. That's 1920 to present for a player with zero home runs with the Dodgers. How many of the top six can you name? I love this question. Um, yeah. I do have a clarifying question. I have some guesses, but clarifying question, just to yep. frame my guesses a little bit. Uh, how many are pitchers? Uh, three of the six. What? You know, and, I was, uh, was yeah. going to guess like a, a f- four. Four or fives. Was yeah. It. So, I, and I, I will give you another hint. Yeah. Uh, you've seen. No, no, don't do this. You've seen at least three of these players. Oh, no. Um, all right. That's not what I want. I wanted, like, uh, so, okay, Juan Pierre. Uh, no, he, he famously hit one. <sighs> I, I remember uh, the one I, he I, hit I, in Florida because he was on my no, fantasy team at the time. The, but I well, couldn't one remember he, one in. Uh, there was one he hit in Pittsburgh, and uh, famously, I believe that, I forgot the name's picture. I think it was Salas. And I, he did not pitch another game after that. <laughs> uh, I, th- this is bringing back memories. Um, all right. Uh, let's, I will say this. Uh, that There is someone who is that style of player. Sure. Sure. Uh, but 
but not in my for my era. No, for not sure. as yeah. uh, iconically uh, slap hitting ring in a box. Um. All right. Clearing clearing my head. Um. Don Drysdale. Uh, he probably hit one. No, he, he yeah. hit a he yeah, few. Was, yeah, yeah, he yeah. hit like se- he hit seven Kofax. in a year, I think twice. Uh, no, I believe he had at least one. Really? Huh. Okay. Uh, man, I'm a. I, I, I will give you a hint. Yeah. You're you're on the right track in this regard. Uh, in this yeah, yeah. instance, uh, so. Claude Olstein. Claude Osteen, he's not here, so I'm I'm assuming he hit one because he would have had way more plate appearances. Yeah, but yeah. um, uh, 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 how about some more? How about some more hints? I'm looking at Claude um, Osteen, by the way, while we do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was uh, looking at pitching allowed home runs. I'm like Claude Osteen, yeah. my God, look at this: <laughs> 249 home runs. Two, two played in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of uh, I would say one of them is firmly in the Jacob era. One of them is in the Eric Steven blogging era. Okay. Uh, and two of them played in the nineties, but that didn't that didn't necessarily um, encompass their entire career. Okay. Uh, Hideo? No. Uh, Claude had six home runs with the Dodgers, by the way. <sighs> Man, <laughs> what a return to form. I was like, I was doing well, and I even like got a little confidence boost. So you, you were on the right track when you were, you, you said Koufax and Drysdale. I think you should stick with that, that class of pitcher for a little bit i know i'm <laughs> to pick some of these off uh i'll give you the especially one who is far and away number one in plate appearances on this list who is a pitcher yep don sutton Yep, Ugh. 1,423 So what's funny is you keep giving me Dodgers. that. You're hinting, hinting me towards him. I couldn't remember Don Sutton's name. I just couldn't. Ah. It just completely bricked. Uh, and I'm, I see his face. I see his number. I'm like, I'm like, why can't I remember a name? So I took 10 seconds uh, there, to there's clear another, There's another pitcher who is sort of in, the, in this level roughly. Roughly? Hmm. That you've seen for sure. That I've seen for sure. Is yeah. this the 90s? Plus ish pitcher. Yes, yes. Uh, who pitched a lot? Seen and heard. Uh, what? Uh, I'm trying to make Chan Ho. No, this, I did not. I was not referring to his famous <laughs> diarrhea quote with the Yankees. Um, uh, nope. Tapping out. Tapping out. I got one. The, Dana. The, one, the, the one you've seen and heard. Yeah. Uh, perhaps most recently on Dodgers broadcast is Oral Hershiser, oh, uh, 798 yeah. plate appearances. Um, an in, or outfielder named uh, Johnny Cooney was yeah. number two on the list. Should have gotten, gotten that. We're good. 1935 to 44. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that I would have said was the closest to Juan Pierre, at least in speed and how he was used, Chad Fonville. Okay. Uh, 575. Uh, he was number six. Uh, Van Lingle Mungo, great name. Uh, he's the other Brooklyn guy. Sure. 699 pitcher. 
Um, and then the other one in in the the person I covered, Jamie Carroll, two seasons, nine hundred and twenty four mm-hmm. full time player. Yeah, uh, I just don't remember him. Like, I guess he was not like, hitting home run, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or just like honestly racking up. I mean, I guess yeah. No, that makes sense. No, we're yeah okay, all right. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Should have got, have got an oral. I'm I'm okay. I wouldn't like maybe. Give me an hour and I'm listing a bunch of names. I maybe eventually would have hit you, Jimmy Carroll. You're gonna hit, you're gonna get some revenge on me now. Oh yeah. I I saw these questions. Oh, yeah. I have an idea on them, but I know I'm about to just get racked here. I'm just gonna it's gonna be brutal. And that's because it's time for with Jens and Craig. We love them. All right, time to we love seek it. Some I'm always revenge. off on these. Uh, as you might have already discussed, there was some Dodger news just before the holidays began. Cody Bellinger agreed to a 2022 contract. Not official. Some aspect of Bellinger to it. And I'm going to quickly open up my cheat sheet. I wonder how I should I should try to do these before I ask you and I'll let you know how much you did next next episode. I'm going to do that and I'll be honest nice. with how well I do. Uh, most of the time. Sometimes I might lie. I tr- Who's to say? I trust you. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep it real. Since 2010, eight players, including uh, Cody Bellinger, have won both the Rookie of the Year and the MVP award. Uh, can Eric name the other players who achieved that status? This does not include Ryan Braun because he won Rookie right. of the Year in 2007, and he would have been. And he never won the MVP either. I, I was weird. just gonna say it's not Craig's nature to say that, but it would have been hilarious if he said. <laughs> Because Ryan Brown is a filthy cheater or something like that. that been so out of character for like the nicest man on earth. Um, okay, so uh, he said since 2010. Correct. Which I'm I I can't for the life of me. This is inclusive think of, like, of that. Oh, like, you know what? Oh, th- okay. So the, it's for some reason I had 2011 on the brain, mm-hmm. but I do know. That Buster Posey was Rookie of the Year in 2010. You are correct. So that's one. Yep. Uh, so obviously, um, um, Chris Bryant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the... Uh, I have to do uh, five more? Yep. Good Lord. Okay. Um, let me just mentally uh, do this because this is going to be difficult. Um, shoot. Um I'm having a hard time, like, thinking of, like, the MVPs, which is weird. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to circle around them in my head and I'll try to talk it out. But, um, uh, so we have, okay, uh, Uh, Jose Altuve? Um, no. Um. Don't think he won rookie of the year. That's that's yeah. It has to be because he won. Um, so, oh man, um, Mookie didn't win Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't remember who won MVP that year. Um, <laughs> why this you're, is you're done so suddenly this in my so I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, nice. Okay. Um. All right, so I'm going to simplify this two of these names for you. Who won the MVPs this year? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm actually wait. 
who did win the MVP this year? Um, wait, Bryce Harper won Rookie of the Year. He did. I don't remember that. I thought he. I was thinking he got screwed. Um. Oh, so then Mike Trout. Yep. Um. So three more. Um. But not. You still haven't named the AL MVP. Right, but there's three more total, right? Correct. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just letting yeah. you know on previous my previous hint. Uh, oh, for this year? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is sad. Like, oh, uh, I... You... <laughs> uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, our good friend Shohei. Yeah, that's um, You just made a joke in reference to this player. Yeah. Um, so now there's only two. So let me just try to, to think this through like a uh, Just um, one, actually, because Bellinger. You've said uh, Posey, Trout, Harper, Bryant, Bellinger, Harper, Otani. So you have one more. Wait, Harper's listed twice. Uh, Ota- uh he is listed twice. That's funny. <laughs> Hold on. So, so, uh, so one, there's only one two, more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, that's funny. Okay. Why is he listed yeah. here twice? Because he won two MVPs. Um. But well, so did uh, uh Trout, oh, yeah, Trout won three, three. So yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh, Miguel Cabrera obviously is the in the Braun category because he was previous Rookie of the Year. Um, uh, I'm connected to Eric Stevens. Shut up, <laughs> Alexa. Um, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. Everyone, <laughs> be quiet. Um, no. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, damn it! Uh, that threw me off. You jerk, Alexa. Um, it, why? Like the just the the mere thought of like wondering who won the 2012 mb oh andrew mccutcheon no uh sorry i'm this is what i'm uh craig's source for this question lists bryce harper twice <laughs> just oh. if i think the same paragraph yeah <laughs> um okay um, bryce harper yeah so so seventeen was at the World Series. We'll let you know uh, it's an American League player. All right, um, I'll let you know. I don't care because I can't <laughs> think of it. I, I I'm I can't think of it. I'm oh, my brain oh, is mushy. Jose, oh no, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Jose Abreu. No, 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 you're fine. Oh, nice. There you okay. Go. Since two thousand ten, eight. Hopefully, it's actually eight this time. Uh, players, including Cody Bellinger, have won both the Rookie of the Year and MVP. That's, Wait, that's this is hold on. oh no, Alexa, <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> short circuited both of us. No, the, my cheat sheet has the same question twice. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> this, this is, is the great. rudest person this ever. Alexa, shut your mouth. So yeah, my cheat sheet had the same question twice. Cody Bellinger, yeah. uh, but the, my uh, my show notes don't. We're Cody Bellinger has uh, hit ten or more. Uh, the answer is different. So Cody yeah. Bellinger has hit ten or more home runs in each of his first five seasons since 1992. Seven Dodgers have had six or more seasons with ten or more home runs. Please list these consistent sluggers. Okay, so <laughs> since uh, since he said 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm saying Eric Karras. You are correct. I know he had the he had the 530 home run seasons. He had at least two le- 11, 11 such seasons. Yeah, I was gonna say so many. Uh, Piazza did not do it because uh, he did not reach 10 in 98. Uh, so Why he not? only had five. Uh, 93 through 97. Right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a joke. Yeah. It was a my heart yeah. is broken yeah. because of the trade joke. Yep. What? Wait, trade? <laughs> uh, breaking news. Um, 
Okay, so I was just stalling there. Okay, so this uh, I was this is the one I didn't look anything up, but I this I was looking at it and I just started getting mad. Um, so, um, but I think I think this is true. Raul Mondesi. Uh, you are correct. Ninety four yes, to ninety nine. Yep, with yeah. six on the dot. Uh, and then I I was in my head I was thinking. Which year did he get traded? Uh, because he got traded for Sean Green, who did not make it, I don't think, because he was gone by 05. Uh, Sean Green is not on this list, yes. Yeah. Okay, so that that's my process, and I've wasted a lot of time. Um, so now that I've done that, okay, so now, now it goes into um, so six or more seasons. Um, so uh, Ethier and Kemp. Uh, yes. Nine and eight, respectively. Yeah, and then um, so you're missing two or three players with six each. Oh God. Okay. Uh, okay. So Justin Turner. Yep. Um. Six. Uh, Jock Peterson. Nope. He only had five. Ah, uh, it's 2020. Uh, what a jerk year. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Now. This is weird. Um, uh, hmm. Wait, did did Chris Taylor sneak on this? Did he get ten and twenty? He did not. Okay. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is rough. Um, I'm just trying to think here. Uh, two more players with six such seasons um the spans huh. are 99 to 2004 and 13 to 18 oh beltre yep 13 to 18 um good. oh boy. there you go dang all right bellinger has uh, 133 home runs and 48 stolen bases in his career if he can find a consistent home run swing in two uh two zero two two, that's how I say the year by the way. <laughs> he could join four other players who, during their post nineteen ninety one Dodger careers, were able to hit at least one hundred and fifty home runs and steal fifty or more bases. Name those power slash speed players. Okay, so um, Matt Kemp. Yep, is one. So uh, this one I was really struggling with. Because I don't, I'm going to say, wait. Okay. I'm waiting. I forgot. I talked myself into this logically. Oh, so I think I'm going to say Eric Karos, yes. Andre Ethier, no. You are correct on both. Okay. So that, yeah, I, I, I talked myself into like, I, I'm, I know one of them has a like really low amount of steals and I'm pretty sure it was Ethier. And I know Karos tried to steal a lot sometimes, and he wasn't that good at it, but he <laughs> stole enough to get 50, and he was around for a while. Um, okay, so now I still need two. Uh, so, um, uh, Sean Green. Yep. Um, and then the other 50 steal guy. Um, oh, God. Okay, Um If I say power speed Dodger, who do you think of before, like Matt Kemp plus 
for me, at least there are two players I always think of. What? Uh, Raul Mondesi? There you go. I, don't, I didn't think he got 150. Okay, 163 nice. home runs. Wow, nice. Uh, Bellinger has 48 stolen bases in 59 attempts. He's one of six L.A. Dodgers with 48 more stolen bases and an 80% completion rate or better. Who are the other five Dodger, uh, L.A. Dodger speedsters? Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, uh, 118 uh, stolen bases with an 82% success rate. Davey Lopes. Davey Lopes with 418 stolen bases with an 83%.1. Uh, so, man, I don't... I'm. I thought he was just a little bit lower than eighty, but I'm just going to say Maury Wills because uh, 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 maybe not on the list. So yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Now, but forty-eight is not a lot. But I'm trying to think of the like high percentage guys. Um, um, hmm. He stolen Steve Sachs. Nope. The stolen base stolen base numbers, not percentage numbers for the three remaining players, are 52, 69, and 100 on the dot. 100. Um, uh, no, I, I, I can't think of it right now right. for some reason. Uh, at, with an 89.65% stolen base percentage, Eric Davis is number one. Nice. Nice. In terms of ple- completion. Uh Kirk Gibson with an 88.462%. I'm I'm guessing those are the 59 and 62. Uh, Uh, Yes. Uh, yes. 52 for Eric Davis, 69 for Kirk Gibson. Sorry. And then with 100 stolen bases, Mariona Duncan. Damn. Nice. With an 80% completion rate on the dot. 100 stolen bases, 25 caught stealing. I love it. All right. Your your torture is over. Yay. Yay. We love it. Over the holidays, the latest viral craze, Wordle, has hit the country. I don't know if it's hit the whole country as much as it's hit very online people. Yeah. Uh, for myself, it is more of a puzzle than a word game, but in any case, it is a nice distraction. Eric and Jacob, I believe the answer to this question is yes. But have word games, crossword puzzles, Scrabble, Boggle been a part of your go-to for a pastime or a gathering? Yeah. Um, I think... It's been a long time since I've played Boggle uh, or Scrabble for that matter, but those have, you know, those were played quite a bit growing up and um, uh, just any sort of like, uh, you know, I guess, does Pictionary count? You're, there's a drawing element, but you're also doing, it's like words. I don't so think, like, it's, I don't know don't think it's a word game. I do. Um, to pass the time, sometimes I do do crossword puzzles on my phone. I was I had a Sudoku create phase for a while. Um, I think I still have the app. I just haven't played it in a while. But yeah, like it's it's more of an occasional thing for me now. Um, have I think do you Wordle? I, Are you a Wordle person? I I I was a, a little bit of a latecomer to it, but yes. I um, I I. I, I... I, so my bedtime is right around midnight, which is when it rolls over. So I, I do the Wordle right before bed, and then I, I doze off, which has been good. So I, I agree with Craig, though, about it being a more of a puzzle. It's than a a ni- I think it's a nice little bit, it's, bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it's, you're, 
Wheel of Fortune kind of knowledge. Like, right. So yes, exactly. I love crosswords, I I, but I'm not. I'm not yeah. Like the, people are way better at them. Like I just doing them oh, on yeah. my own. I'm like oh, I'm pretty good at these, and then you see people who are like doing the Saturday New York Times and. 10 minutes or whatever i'm just yeah, like, like hey, no can't, no way i can't i can't do yeah. saturday but that that would be and i know there have been other people who have done this an interesting way to see like how like how long does it take me if i try really hard to be able to do the saturday crossword puzzle? my my grandma used to do written crosswords she'd go through those like you know books that you yeah, see yeah. in the magazine aisle at the grocery store um she would just power through those she had like a, a crossword dictionary that was like the most thumbed through book in history. <laughs> it was like, it was amazing. Like uh, uh, just, you know, checking stuff and all that. It, it was pretty good, but yeah. No, we, 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 uh, when we lose major league baseball for the year, we'll, uh, we'll start talking about gonna crosswords. Do, it's going to be a crossword podcast. We'll have Mike Pacino on. It was back in 2009 when the Dodgers had five players with at least five triples. Uh, Casey Blake, Casey Blake, Rafael Furcal, Orlando Hudson, Matt Kim, Juan Pierre. Casey Blake uh, could could the 2020 he, he played third, he hit it to third. That's what he did. <laughs> uh, could the 2022 Dodgers? Excuse me, the 2022 Dodgers match that feat? That's right. They have a good trio of Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Chris Taylor. Cody Ballinger did hit seven in 2019, and Gavin Lux could also hit that many. What do you two think? They're not. Five is a lot. Uh, so I will say this. Uh, it happens to be next to me. The Bill James Handbook for 2022 I have in front of me. Uh, a lot of the stuff in there is useful, at least as a reference, uh, as well as some essays. But um, I don't think any of it's useful. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's useful as yeah. No, yeah, as knowing how many It's useful for it. right now yeah. because yes. I'm going to yeah. drop a fun fact. No. So uh, it's notoriously tough to hit triples at Dodger Stadium. Um uh, in this book, it has sort of a park factor of sorts. From 2019-21, there were 29 triples hit in Dodgers home games. That includes both by the Dodgers and by their opponents. In road games, 61 triples. So, like, it's very difficult. The, so, they came up with sort of a, a, a triples index, if you will, of 49, where 100 is average and anything over is more. Think of it like an OPS plus type of a thing. Uh, that's the second lowest in the majors during that time. Only the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, which is at 44, is lower. So I just think even with those guys, and I, I was looking, I think like Mookie has hit five on the dot a few times, but still it's rough. Um, it's hard getting, I think they're going to have a hard time getting three to five triples, Yep. let alone five. So yeah, uh, and in, Maybe not even their own fault. It's just really hard to hit triples at Dodger Stadium. That that sort of cuts people off. The way you called yeah. it useful made me feel like uh, like if someone <laughs> needs to go survive in the wilderness, what's the most useful book I can bring? Let me tell you. <laughs> the, oh man, the, Bill James <laughs> Handbook. Look, well, I will say this. Like, for okay, if we're talking in the in the woods, this is six hundred and thirty four pages. That uh, look at think of the fires you could make with this thing. You can knock at something you out with it. Throw it at yeah. someone. That'd be good. <laughs> that's right. If a bear if a bear comes at you, just just hit it and the bear will go down. It's that's a proven fact. Hearing the cheers theme song many times over the weekend, thanks Applebee's sparks yep. this question. Name some of your favorite T V theme songs. So I made notes on this so I wouldn't forget. Um the one these are the ones that immediately came to mind. Uh I'm, I'm certain there are more, uh, but Greatest American Hero, obviously, 
Bosom Buddies, which happens to be my favorite Billy Joel song. Not it's not called Bosom Buddies, it's my life. Um but uh Perfect Strangers, uh, which I loved growing up, uh standing tall. <laughs> and then uh Golden Girls as well. Uh another uh, useful fun fact here. Uh uh, when the Dodgers won the 88 World Series uh, in Oakland in Game 5, as soon as the final pitch uh, went off the stadium, the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum started playing uh, Thank You for Being a Friend uh, over the, like, for the fans who were, like, exiting the stadium. So, Golden Girls theme as the Dodgers were winning a World Series. It was beautiful. But those are great. But by number one all time, by far, this week in baseball, both the opening and the closing theme, uh, just wonderful. I like. I want. I want a biography of my life with that as the <laughs> score. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the uh, a lot of answers to this, but there's some real quick hits. Uh, the George of the Jungle and Super Chicken theme, specifically oh, Weird Al's George yeah. of the Jungle. Uh, uh-huh. But my all-time favorite is it's like quasi obscure. It's the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Which is a, a okay. cartoon on cart. It was I watched it on Cartoon oh, Network, oh. Uh, but yeah. it's like has really bad kind of not bad, but like early CGI, like kind of gr- like green graphics. But the 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 theme song is a, is a banner, as they say. Uh, just a lot of, like it's a like this kind of like heavy rock song. It's awesome. Big big fan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up now. Do you uh, wait before we get to the last? Yeah, one, yeah. I'm just gonna sing part of this to you, and I, I'm gonna ask you if you know what it's from. Uh-oh. Overture, hit the lights. This is it, our night of nights. And oh, what heights will hit? On with the show. This is it. I do not. Do you know, that's the Looney Tunes uh, um, theme. Yeah. There you go. God, that was good. Yeah. Um. All right. Final question. Excellent rendition. It's about ham. I know Eric recently cooked a ham, and that gave me this week's ending question. While ham is fine as a main dish, it is also tasty as breakfast or lunch. Is it? (laughs) So please, I'm I'm ignoring that because yes, it is. So please rank your choices of favorite meals to have ham. Mine would be breakfast, ham and eggs, lunch, ham sandwich, and then dinner. Also, I can't recall if Jacob has ever been to Spain, but that is one place where I want to have their famous version. Uh, yeah, Iberica, Iberico, Iberica, mm-hmm. oh, I have to look it up now. Uh, but I, I have, I've been to Barcelona and, uh, Iberico, 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 Hamon Iberico. Uh, and I had that in Barcelona, uh, many times, uh, you know, as often mm-hmm. as I can. An absolutely incredible food city. I think Tokyo is maybe the only city I think I had better food in than Barcelona. Just consistent, really, really good stuff, including, including the Hamon. Um, for me, on the the other question, I'm going lunch, and then oh man, I, breakfast and dinner are so close to me because like a bite of like mac and cheese and ham. I don't know, like a oh, like a thing, Easter or Christmas dinner. It just doesn't get better, except in a ham sandwich because ham sandwiches are delicious. So my immediate thought for this was. It was going to be breakfast by a mile, mm-hmm. but then I thought about it. Breakfast, it, it's awesome. Like, I, I'm more when I cook eggs or something. I'm, I generally never, almost never do the eggs by themselves, and then like plate it up with different things. I just put veggies and meat or whatever, and then scramble the eggs over that. And it's not, it's not quite an omelet because I don't, I, I rarely flip it at the correct time. It's just a scramble of miscellaneous stuff. 
and ham is wonderful. It's perfect for that. Um, so I do love it there, but I'm not even going to say lunch or dinner is better. Whoa. I'm going to say random uh, <laughs> sneaking into the fridge yeah. sandwich. That's pretty damn with, good. With leftover ham is the best possible way to you have know, it. You know, I like this answer a lot. Yeah, just yeah. to add a little my logic to it is like, I prefer turkey sandwiches like my go-to meat. Oh, but you need sure. you need to add, uh, it needs to be built around, I think, a little bit. Whereas a ham, you don't need much. No, make a ham for, sandwich yeah. work. I would say, yeah, turkey because it also can be very dry after Thanksgiving or whatever. Sure. And so you, you would need to put like a mustard. If you like mayo, you could put mayo or whatever. With ham, you could just grab a Hawaiian roll, <laughs> sl- cut it in half, slap like two pieces of ham, put it together. That's it. And it's by itself a, a gourmet delicacy yeah. and it's wonderful. Add a little so, bit of, for me, Swiss and mustard, spicy oh, mustard. Man. And then, yeah, you're really good to go. I love it. So yeah, we're gonna um, <laughs> we're gonna go have some ham now. We're recording this a rare night record for us, yeah. so we we're we're gonna have some late night ham. That's also good ham. Uh, but yeah, uh, while you guys are eating ham and listening to this, uh, think about the labor negotiations, uh, think about the labor crisis, <laughs> and think about ham. And we'll talk to you uh, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.